May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So in today's gospel, we have this curious vignette of two women, a story that seems to be telling us about the domestic life of Martha and Mary. And this oddity is smack dab between the powerful and haunting story of the Good Samaritan that we heard last week. And then next week, Jesus will be teaching the disciples how to pray, a corporate prayer that we all know and love, a prayer that unifies us, comforts us, and gives us words when words fail us. But this week, we read about Martha and Mary, five short sentences that have taken on a life of their own. And we all know this story, don't we? We've all heard versions of it in sermons over the years. Jesus has turned his face toward Jerusalem, and on the way, he and his disciples stop in the town of Bethany and are welcomed into the house of Martha and Mary. Martha, who is surprised by her unexpected visitors, whips around the house, cleaning up the stuff that's lying around and gathering up the ingredients to cook a fabulous meal, all the while welcoming the unexpected guests smiling and being gracious to all the visitors. All the while, Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his teaching, oblivious to all the work Martha is doing. Finally, frazzled by all of the work, the text says Martha was distracted by her many tasks. She lashes out a bit at Jesus, interrupting him as he is teaching, Lord, Don't you care that she has left me to do all the work by myself? With a deep sigh, Jesus responds, Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the better part. Just feels a bit patronizing, doesn't it? (laughs) And there you have a story that ever since the evangelist put a pen to paper, people have read and they've interpreted, and they've preached on these few short sentences. And this story has been used to categorize and divide women and the sisters ever since. Mary, quiet, meek, and well-behaved. And then there's Martha, the busy one, a bit, of a, a bit difficult, a bit of a nag. And sermons and commentaries, commentaries usually reflect that dualism. Face it, you're either a Mary or you're a Martha. Or as one writer puts it, Team Mary, Team Martha. And as listeners of this gospel and followers of Jesus, we have to choose which way is better. Are we with Team Martha or Team Mary? And Martha doesn't look too good here. So, for me... While I was reading and studying this gospel lesson, I've been unable to get out of my heart and mind the events of the last several weeks. Death and loss, fear, grief, and pain in Orlando, a suburb in Minnesota, in Baton Rouge, and in Dallas, 
and now in Nice, France, and then I heard there was more shootings today. And I've been struggling to find out where is the good news in this gospel lesson for me and for you today. Lately, it seems that we are living in an either-or world without any common ground. Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, rich, poor, gay, straight, black, white. And we are seeing this divide playing out in our communities and in our churches and on social media and in the newspapers and on cable TV. Our divisions evident in the protests and the demonstrations in our cities. And then we hear this gospel story as an either-or story. Team Martha or Team Mary. And that's the danger of this story, isn't it? To favor Mary is to say that Jesus discounts service. But if you favor Martha, it would be to say only service matters. But when we read the Gospel of Luke, none of that makes any sense. Because clearly both matter. I was talking to one of my favorite theologians this week, Rebecca McLean, and she told me not to waste my time today talking about the many ways this story has been misunderstood and misinterpreted, but to talk about how this story is one of transformation. And so I wonder. Today's gospel text tells us that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. That is the posture of a disciple. And in some interpretations, the text actually reads, Mary also sat at the feet of Jesus, telling us that Martha was also a disciple of Jesus. And neither of these women were behaving as women were expected to do in that time, in Jesus' time. So maybe, just maybe, this gospel lesson is way more than a simple domestic discussion that it's been reduced to in countless sermons and commentary over the years. Perhaps it's more about inclusion and finding a place of welcome at God's table, not just for women, but for those who find themselves excluded or marginalized. Perhaps this story is not about who is better or who is right, Team Martha or Team Mary. It's not about making choices of how to follow Jesus or choosing sides. I wonder if this story is actually about possibilities. What God wants from each one of us, you and I, us and them, that those that we would deem to be unworthy, to be a disciple for Jesus, are the very people that are chosen. In other words, as one writer puts it, what if this story has nothing to do with who is better and everything to do with who matters.
What if the story is not preoccupied with proper acceptance and has everything to do with who you accept? This gospel lesson is the finishing touch or a postscript to the story of the Good Samaritan. Who is it that we think is worthy of regard and acceptance? Who is it that we say is right or wrong, good or bad, in or out? Who is it that we leave by the side of the road because of racism, sexism, xenophobia, homophobia, and whoever else we have deemed to be not worthy of our regard. And our lack of regard for each other and for the other manifests itself in the sin of the violence and pain we are seeing in our society today. But here's the thing. In the kingdom of God, we don't get to choose a Team Mary or a Team Martha. It is not an either-or world who is in, who is out, who is worthy, who is unworthy. We are all being called to be disciples, followers of Jesus, Martha and Mary and you and I. And that requires, no, it demands of us to have the grace to live into that relationship through the care of each other and the other. Those who have been marginalized or excluded, those who have been left by the side of the road. Sitting at the feet of Jesus requires us to transform our relationships with those around us. I saw a cartoon yesterday of people sitting in church, listening attentively to the preacher. And he asks, who wants things to change? And everybody in the congregation raised their hands. The next question the preacher asked, who wants to change? Who's willing to change? What do you think? How many hands went up? Absolutely none. But we are all being called to change, to change our focus, to keep our heart and our mind on Jesus and what he is showing us and what he is telling us. We need to take the risk of proclaiming and practicing God's radical hospitality in our churches and in our communities to be a bridge between that which divides us, listening deeply and respectfully with our hearts and our souls, to the voice and stories of pain and hurt from those on either side of that bridge, to listen to each other, to really listen. The stories will break our hearts, but it will give us heart. Sometimes the sadness of the world requires all of our courage just to get up in the morning. And sometimes it takes even more courage to face the world each day and risk opening up our hearts and our souls to each other. God is among us. 
We don't always notice him. At times, God is not easy to spot. His ways are not our ways, as it says in the Bible. But he is there, whether we notice him or not. Right here and right now, in this space and outside those doors. The gospel lesson today is reminding us that Jesus always calls us to be more, calling us to more beyond our religious or our political or cultural convictions or prejudices, to see one another with the eye of God, calling each other to be more than our worst choices or our darkest moments. Let us always remember that we are all, every one of us, are created in God's image. And that our challenge today and every day is to find God's image in someone who does not have our image. Someone whose color is different, their religion is different, who speaks a different language, whose story is not our story. We are called to treat everyone as if they were the sacred. One writer tells us that this story of Martha and Mary is not about comparison, but completion. Not about who is better or right, but that we are all worthy of God's love. And maybe that's why Rebecca reminded me that this was a story of transformation. And that is the good news for today. That this is a story of radical welcome and radical inclusion. That no one is ever left by the side of the road. And that we're all invited to sit at the feet of Jesus and come to the table with the one who assures us that we all belong and all are welcome, you and I, us and them, everyone, everywhere, right here, right now, and always. Amen.